0: But God had a different plan. He used that in my life. And I've just seen how God does that. You think you're going for one thing, but it's actually for something else.
1: Hello, this is the Truth For Your 20s podcast, and I have with me my friend, Laurie, I met on the internet. She has written four books on youth ministry and has an incredible life story that is so encouraging to our young friends. So welcome to the podcast, Laurie.
0: Well, thank you so much, Katie. And actually, the four books are not on youth ministry, but I do have a lot of the past in youth ministry. Now I'm really writing about the subject of where is God when you do not know what he's doing? That basically encapsulates oh, all of, all
1: of my books. Preach. Okay. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Where is God when you don't know what He's doing? You have some life lessons and expertise, just you know, crash course, right? Like school of hard knocks and becoming an expert in this. Which you know is interesting when you're seven and dreaming of your life plan. It, it probably wasn't like so. I can figure out where God is when we question. No, but you have learned the brokenness and the scars and the beauty that comes from all of that. So I would love for you just to kind of unpack your story a little bit. Yes. Well,
0: I am excited to share it. It is a story that starts out very sad and hard. At the same time, it was that journey that really led me into a much deeper relationship with God and more understanding. And that's, of course, what our hard times do, even though we never say, please, God, give me hard times to learn. We definitely learn from them. For me, it was a long story of extended singleness. And maybe some of your audience can relate to that. I wasn't the ring by spring gal in college, but I thought about 25 would be when I'd like to get married. And of course, that came and went. And by 30, now I'm going, okay, God, praying a little bit louder. I had just started to speak. So I even recruited other people in this prayer. And I'll tell you, Katie, when I hit 40 and still hadn't found the one, I began to suspect that God was deaf. I don't know if any listeners have felt that way with a long prayer or just a desire that they've had. Why, why aren't you answering this, Lord? Where are you? So when I got engaged at 42, I have to tell you, Katie, the hallelujah chorus broke out <laughs> in my household. It was like, finally, this is happening. And I had my my two bridal showers and bought my wedding dress. And then just short of my wedding, my fiance, who was a Marine reservist, got deployed and he was going to be gone nine months. And I thought, okay, well, I've waited this long. I can wait a little bit longer. And we got furniture in the home already. And unbeknownst to me in the course that he was gone, uh, his ex-wife began to have second thoughts about divorcing oh. him and they were communicating. And so when he came home, we actually broke up and he remarried his ex-wife, wow. which I always say is a wonderful story when you're not the girl engaged to the guy. Yeah. <laughs> and especially given my history and desire, and you can imagine how I felt about God. Where are you? Of course, there were well-meaning people that said, well, isn't it great that God used you to bring them back together? I'm like, yeah, it's fabulous. <laughs> Hope you have the same opportunity someday. You know? Yeah, really. It was a good story, of course, because my parents are divorced. I mean, if two people can come back together, it's a wonderful story. But for me, it was a crisis of faith because I was not only going to church and a believer, I was speaking all over the place and encouraging other people. But I'll tell you, Katie, during that time, I learned what I now call the middle of the story theology, and that is when you think you're at the end of your story and you're really only in the middle. God's timeline is so different than ours. And in fact, my next book that's coming out next year is all about that. And so for me, it felt like it was too late. It was probably not going to happen. But I continued to share my story and continued to hold on to God. And it was interesting because four months later, after my broken engagement, a pastor friend of mine called from Santa Barbara and He said that they were praying about this new position at a church and my name came up. And so I wasn't really looking for a job, but that open door was... Very curious in the timing. And so I went up there and I always say to people, you know, you might be so focused on the door you want to see open that you're missing some of the doors that could be opening that God's opening for you. And sometimes one door can lead to another door that leads to another door that might actually lead to the door you want, but it's just a different route. And God wants us to follow him. And so I ended up coming to Santa Barbara, falling in love with the church. Of course, right before I left, Katie, I was jogging and you know how you always see the same people on your route. And I found that, you know, saw this guy that I'd always see with his dogs. And I said, guess what? I'm moving to Santa Barbara. And he goes, Oh no, there's no single people in Santa Barbara. <laughs> Santa Barbara is the home of the newlywed and nearly dead. Oh. Uh- so I was like, oh, perfect. So that's where God's sending me. But, you know, we have a big God. And at the age of 49, I met the most spectacular man. Actually, his wife had left him, which, of course, you can imagine. I was like, okay, no no, I'm not doing this again. But we became friends. And through just a a long time of healing in both of our lives, I ended up getting married. So at 49, and I always, when I share my testimony, because I speak at colleges, and I know you do a lot of that. And when I share my testimony, when I get to the age part, you can just see the girls go to prayer. No, God, please. (laughs) Nobody, It's nobody's dream for their life. But you know what, Katie, it has been amazing. I got the perfect guy for me. We've now been married for 12 years. He had a six-year-old son whose mom moved to Australia to marry somebody. And so I got to raise a boy and ended up writing a book on step-parenting. And so we just can see how God was orchestrating the whole thing. It just wasn't the
1: timing that I thought. Wow. I mean, all the feels, like you said, you know, <laughs> heartbreak, but encouragement and, you know, a story that you wish you wouldn't have written, but how beautiful and encouraging it is for so many other people. So many things from that. Yes. I want you to take us back to singleness, 25, 30, all of your friends are getting married because that's such a real stage. A lot of the girls that are listening are in and they're looking around and they're thinking, I'm not good enough. Everyone else is, whatever it is that is going through their mind. It feels lonely. Although it's, it's, you know, they're definitely not the only one, but the Devil will tell you you're all alone, you're wrong, you're not enough, or whatever. Tell us some encouragement and what you walk through in that season.
0: Oh my goodness, I completely relate to you. If you're listening now and you're in that stage, and I actually have quite a ministry with women that are in that stage, even up into their 30s, and you know, I always say you'll never be as old as me, so I can always encourage you. But you know, the biggest thing to say is live your life. For me. I had so many experiences and got to do so many things because I was single and all of my friends got married and I was a professional bridesmaid. I had a closet full of bridesmaids dresses, but I will tell you that because my wedding was so late and so long in coming and there had been so much heartbreak leading up to it that Every one of my friends will say that my wedding was the best of all. Aww. Because it brought people hope, Katie. Not just about marriage, but about maybe... Another prayer that they had had that they thought they were forgotten or God wasn't delivering and to see this happen and to see the way it happened. I mean, if you see my wedding photos and you can go on my Instagram and see my husband and my son and to see that God had all this, if you're feeling like it's going to be too late, it's going to be too late. I'm 25, 26, 27, even up into your 30s. It is never too late. But the worst thing you can do is just sit on the couch and wait for the bachelor to show up. Because there is so much life to be lived. Really in this day and age, singleness is so much more common than it even was when I was single at that time. It's not that God doesn't have someone for you. He knows the desire of your heart, but it's just a different timing than you thought. So he has a purpose for this timing. And certainly I found that in my own life.
1: I love that. One of the things you said is the tall, dark, handsome prince is not going to come begging on your door, despite what the movies have shown us. So talk to us about living your best life while you are single.
0: One thing that I said that I hope you picked up on is that sometimes the door you're focused on is not the door God is opening. And so one huge piece of advice I have is just look at the doors that are opening. And for me at that time, I was a youth pastor and I never planned to go in the ministry. I went to UCLA and was going to be an actress and you can see how well that's going. (laughs) But God had a different plan. He used that in my life. And I've just seen how God does that. You think you're going for one thing, but it's actually for something else. I thought I was. Going to be an actress, but God used all that because I was going to be a speaker and an author, and so He used what I did, but just not in the way that I thought. But all the time, just paying attention to these doors that were opening, and finally, there was a team with an organization called Youth Specialties, and it was all men at that point, and they were looking for a woman to also train youth workers. Because I was single and because I was in youth ministry and because I had this background, that opportunity came up for me. And I ended up being one of the only women on that team. That was huge. That opened up so many doors for me. And so even though marriage wasn't happening, during that time, I started speaking for compassion. I got to go to Africa. I got involved with a pastor that is in Haiti that continues to be in my life today, amazing miracles of story. I mean, we could talk all day about what God has done through that time and marriage still happened. It wasn't that it didn't happen. Marriage did happen and it happened in the most wonderful way. Even though if someone had told me (laughs) when I was your age, hey, it's going to be 49 when you get married, I would have probably just cashed it in at that point. (laughs) I don't know. No, God, I don't want the script. But the script that you have is the one that you have yeah. and you are here for a purpose and God has you here and he's got you and he has a plan and it might not be yours right now, but he does have a plan. So you just keep your eyes open.
1: And it's better. Yes, God has a plan. But it, if I think about it, if I would have written my script, it would have been much different as well, but it wouldn't have been as good. It would have been nearly as good. There's so many things. God is so much more creative. Of course, he's all-knowing. There's just so many things, I'm sure, in your story and all of our stories, it's like, oh, I didn't see that coming. I probably wouldn't have written it, but I see how much you did good from that. So
0: true. And that has become the theme of my books because now being older and looking back, as you well know, when you look back on things in your life, you're like, oh my gosh, I have so much more understanding of why that happened. And now the worst moment of my life, I consider the best moment of my life because thank God I didn't marry the person I was engaged to because of who God had for me that I couldn't see.
1: Do you know that you can book a call with me? Yep, just you and me. We can talk about boys or faith or finding your calling or what you wanna be when you grow up or anything in between. My passion, as you know from this podcast, is to be who I needed when I was younger. And I book online mentoring calls all throughout the week. I have a calendar where you pick a time that works for you and we just set a phone call, date, and make it happen. Usually I'm walking around my neighborhood. You can do whatever you want, but we're gonna just get to all the good stuff. Sometimes all you need is an unbiased third party who has your best interest at heart. I want to be your adopted mom, cool aunt, best friend, whatever you want to call me, but let's get real. Let's get honest. I would love to be your mentor. Check all the information at katiebolmer.life. You said you were the, you know, what do they call it? Over and over bridesmaid, a <laughs> serial bridesmaid. Professional serial bridesmaid. Yes. <laughs> uh, you're a professional bridesmaid. Not that We want to throw anyone under the bus, but I'm sure at least one of those couples did not work out. And so I think that a lot of times we put so much focus on getting married by a certain age or getting married because everyone else is and how much better to wait for God's plan because it's like, oh, I'm going to jump on the bad wagon and marry whoever asked me when I'm 20. Maybe not your best decision.
0: Exactly. Oh my goodness. That is such sage advice because I do think there's a pressure with timing to do all kinds of things as women because we're desperate to have things happen at a certain time biologically. We're desperate to have companionship. And those are all really important things. Yeah. But there are other ways to get companionship. And once you get married and you cross the altar, you realize your husband actually isn't going to meet every one of the needs that you thought he was going to. Right now, you can be developing relationships. I mean, I can't tell you the friendships that I have. And you're absolutely right that now here I am later in life. And I do have friends that have gone through divorces and have had much harder marriages. Marriage is not the answer. It's got to be the right person that God brings to you. And he's going to use that person in your life at just the right time as well, because God's about shaping us while we're here. And all of the circumstances and things that happen to us is because what he's doing in us is preparing us for where we're going. It's so hard to think about that when you want things so much and you think that's going to be the answer, but it really isn't. Waiting on God is the hardest and best thing that you can do.
1: I heard it said one time that journey is more about becoming the one instead of finding the one. Yeah. And it sounds like so much self-development happened in your time. So maybe, you know, you have an incredible husband now, but maybe you weren't ready to meet him at 25.
0: And I wrote about this in one of my books that my parents got divorced and my dad married someone five years later, who was three years older than me. And so you can imagine that little hole in my heart because I was his only daughter. Like, wait, what is happening? It's been so amazing to see how God has used that in my life. I believe that because that happened, I had a very unhealthy way of approaching relationships. It took me So much longer than my friends to get over guys and get over relationships because I think that abandonment issue was deeper than the guy, you know, that I was in a relationship with. It had to do with something else. And through counseling, I became aware of that. And so this is so ironic, Katie, but God used breakups in my life to heal me. And I don't think I would have gotten here. I would have put too much on my marriage. I would have wanted my marriage to meet that hole inside of me that. Only God could meet and only healing could happen. By the time I got married, even though it was old, it was the perfect time for me to be so much healthier in my marriage, which is exactly to your point. I think that's what God has designed for us. Even though we don't always do it,
1: <laughs> I love that I say all the time on social media that w- we do that. I don't know if it's movies or whatever, but we think, "Oh, I'm going to find someone and they'll complete me. Yes. They're my other half, whatever." You know, we have this idea of like all my hopes and dreams will be fulfilled by finding this person. That's unfair and untrue. We're all broken, even the best spouse. That's so much to put on another flawed human being. Consider where
0: the movies end. Yeah, the people have just come together. They've just started out. You just think about Titanic. I mean, what if Jack and Rose actually had worked out? Yeah. You know, what would their lives have been like? You know, they were so different. And then
1: they have toddler tantrums and bills and laundry.
0: <laughs> yes. I mean, all of these couples. And and I think you just have to realize that the movie ends where life begins. And yes. that is gonna be your life. And it is going to the the wedding is awesome, but your life is the marriage. And so you have to marry someone who's going to be that right companion for you. And if it hasn't happened yet, the hardest thing is to hold on for days and days. I mean, it just feels like it never is going to end, but you just have to hold on and believe that God has another plan for you right now.
1: You've alluded to this a few times and essentially the breakups, the hard stuff, the season of singleness that you thought would never end, the quote, bad things were actually very good. And you saw the fruit of how good those things were in your life. I would love for you to just kind of unpack the million dollar question that a lot of people ask. Why do bad things happen to good people? I think it's a flawed question, but I would love for you just to kind of talk about it a little bit.
0: My new book is going to open because it's 30 biblical insights. So I look at 30 stories of scripture that give us Insight into God's mysterious timing. But I open with Job because I really feel like he shows us that, you know, bad things happen to the best people. And in fact, what Job didn't know is that God had actually picked him out as the best person. You know, there's so much evidence in scripture that bad things don't happen because people are bad. Sometimes you reap the consequences of actions that you've done, for sure. But that is not always the case. And I would say that's even probably a small percentage of the cases, because God allows suffering in people's lives. And I think Jesus shows us a suffering God. He doesn't just allow it. He joins us in it. He is the God who joins us in it because he knows what suffering produces. I mean, you have to think back to the hard times in your life. Those hard times shape you into such a much deeper person, a much more compassionate person, an understanding person, you now can minister to others who have gone through what you've been through in a very unique way. Because think about it, when you're going through something, you want to talk to somebody who's been through it. And so these places of suffering in our life tend to be actually our points of ministry. That's what I have found looking back. That's what God uses most powerfully in our lives. Yeah. I think in some ways, if you can look at it this way, you're actually being honored by God, that he's allowing suffering into your life. He's trusting you that you're going to make it through and he's going to be with you, and he's going to carry it, and he has a purpose for this in your life.
1: I think about you, you know, you are a youth speaker. You're writing books. You are like a, a good Christian girl doing, quote, the right thing. If you're, you know, out cracked on drugs, living in a you know, dungeon somewhere, you know, like causing trouble. We, we, oh, well, you know. That's different. I don't know why our human likes to judge sin, but yeah, you're over here being a quote, "good girl," and you're like, "God, hello." And yeah. this is, that's how you yeah. felt like how, so what do we do when we feel like God fell asleep on us?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. I talked about the middle of the story, so I was still speaking when my life fell apart before i met my husband there was a long period of time and i went to god and just was like if i tell my story people are going to walk away from you mm-hmm. as if you know i had something to say to god and i really felt him say don't you worry about me little girl like <laughs> i don't know what's going on in your life i don't know that you're a speaker i don't know that this is you know that life looks like a mess you watch how i'm going to use it and so sure enough because i'm as you can tell Kind of a real type speaker. I don't fake it at all. So I would tell my story and I get to the end and you could just see the audience going, oh no. (laughs) But then I'd say, but you know what? I'm still holding on to God because God's not through with my story. I got up this morning and I'm still breathing. I don't know if I'll get married. I don't know what He has planned, but I'm choosing to hold on to God in the middle of the story. And I want to tell you, Katie, my testimony was never so powerful as that time. Because people live in the middle of the story. And it's great to hear about the husband and everything happening in your life. People want to hear that. But they also want to hear from people who are holding on to God. And that's when your testimony is the most powerful. Because when things are going great, people don't really care about your faith. You know, well, of course you trust God. Everything's going wonderful in your life. But when they're not, and you're still trusting God, then you really have a faith Mm -hmm. that can make an impression on people. I really think God uses you the most in those times.
1: I heard someone unpacking that question we talked about, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? And basically what you just said, the answer was, what makes you think it's all about you? We get to be a supporting role to the only main character who was or will ever be. And so we like to think it's all about us because that's our human nature. We're just a supporting character. And that is a perspective shifter.
0: Absolutely. So true. I mean, you are a part of a much bigger story. It doesn't take away from the importance of your part because you are the only you there is. I mean, it's so, it blows me away to think about that. There's never going to be anyone like you before you came or after you've been here. And so you have this one chance to live this part in God's story. You know, I just have really seen that in my life. And it's very hard on social media to stay in your lane and not look at other people and think, oh my gosh, look at this person. That, that happens right. to everybody because we just live in a comparison culture. But trust me, all the marriages you see are not as good as they look on social media. Nothing is as good as it looks on right. social media. I do feel like we have to encourage each other and cheer each other on to live each of our stories.
1: Amen. So we got the background, the backstory. Tell me about what life is like today for you.
0: I am now back at speaking and writing. It's so funny. I was full-time at the church for 10 years when Jerry and I first got married and Jordan was growing up. And then of course, felt that pull again to write, but I did not feel pulled to write in youth ministry again, you know, I just felt like now I really want to write about all this stuff that we're talking about now, more Christian life stuff. And it was really hard to make that transition because people knew me by my maiden name as a youth ministry author. I wrote books like Help, I'm a Small Group Leader and Creative Bible Lessons and all that kind of stuff. And now I wanted to write a book, which ended up getting published, Finding Faith in the Dark and that was my first book. I wrote that in 2014. When I started writing books, the pastor and I began to talk about, gosh, he he just said, you're really more called to doing this, this speaking and this writing. And, you know, I only spoke every once in a while. And I was doing a whole bunch of other things at the church. And so I went halftime and then I went quarter time and God just kind of weaned me off. And now once again, here I am with a new season of speaking and writing. And I wrote a book called When Changing Nothing Changes Everything, which would probably be a great book for your audience because it's all about looking at your life and doing what you're saying, like making the most of what God has given you and seeing it different, seeing your life differently, seeing all that's there. And then I wrote a book called 40 Verses to Ignite Your Faith, which is a deep dive in scripture of some of these passages that give us really good insight about God and life. And so that one has gotten popular. And so because of that, I've got a second book with that publisher coming out. That's what I've been working on. And I'm going to start a little devotional podcast in the fall called Faith, Doubt, and God's Mysterious Timing. So it'll be just a 10-minute devotional podcast that's starting this fall and the book will come out in 2023. Nice. Lots of exciting things. And marriage is wonderful. We're 12 years in and I love him more every day. And he's such a partner to the ministry. He works in the tech department of the sheriff's department actually, head of IT. And we're doing videos for Right Now Media and he's using his technology and it's been a great partnership and I'm speaking again and and then Jordan is now 19 and he's in his first year of City College. College and he's doing great. Got baptized at 17, right in the middle of the pandemic. Nice. Such a beautiful story. And uh, he helped me write the book on step parenting. You just see how God has woven all of it together and he's still going, Katie.
1: Yeah, he's not done. <laughs> still, still kicking, and you're living in the beautiful Santa Barbara.
0: Yes, I maybe make a slight correction. We're renting in beautiful Santa Barbara. <laughs> I don't, you know, hey, you're living there. That's all right. You know, it was the church that brought me up here, and Jerry was up here, but we have this darling two bedroom cottage that has uh, just been wonderful for us, and we've been here for a long time. So it's been a great renting situation, and we're very grateful.
1: Well, Lori, I love what you're doing. I love your voice and just your unique but beautiful. You said so many things so well. How, yes, it's not all about us, but we have a unique and beautiful only us part to play. And God doesn't need us, but he chooses us. Like it's all just so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he chose you and you're using your story in such a beautiful and encouraging way. And I'm just so thankful to be able to share it here today.
0: Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a delight to meet you. I love what you're doing too, Katie.
1: So tell us how people can stay in touch on social media and find all of your books on Amazon. I'm sure we'll link those in the show notes.
0: Yes, that would be great. My Instagram is Lori P. Short. That's probably my platform that I'm the most active. I'm also on Facebook, but I have a website, lauryshort.com, and all my books and Bible studies are there. And then I have uh, several studies on Right Now Media. The 40 Verses study is real popular, so that's on the cover, but you can look into other studies, like one on God's plan, Jeremiah 29. That might be a good one for your audience, because I'm sure Jeremiah 29 11 is a great verse, but there's a lot more to that chapter than you would think. You can find some things on
1: those. Books. Yeah, the 20s is such a pivotal decade. You know, so many things happen. And I think that your story can bring so much encouragement because there's so many, quote, hallways. You know, we're always looking for doors, but there's these hallways when God is still doing something. And I think you have a lot of encouragement for those hallways.
0: Yes. Well, I'm so glad. I love that age. And I'm just keep going. I just want to put my arms around you and hug you and say, you can do it. You can do it. It, Sometimes it's going to feel like you can't get out of bed because it's not what you thought. And how do I be brave when I feel like all my friends are getting married and their life is so worked out. And but you can do it. God has a plan for you. Just trust him.
1: I was about to ask, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? But I kind of think you just nailed that. (laughs) I needed to hear it too. We need each other and we
0: need that encouragement. He is faithful, even when it takes a long time.
1: You're living proof, my friend. Well, thank you for being here. I'm excited about sharing this episode and your encouragement is just contagious. Oh, thanks, Katie. I need your help, my friends. Would you pretty, pretty please leave a review? I know you hear every podcast episode asking you to leave a review, but I need some reviews super bad. Everything is logarithm-based, as you know. We are currently at 161 reviews, and my goal is 500. I know it's a long way away, but we have almost 2,000 downloads per episode. So if like a quarter of you could please just go it could be two sentences, I promise. Like, it won't take long. I will give you a shout out on Instagram if you tag me and let me know that you did that. Just send me a screenshot on Instagram and let me know that you did, or just do it. Like, it would be even shorter if you just leave the review. Seriously, it would mean so much to me. It would help friends find it and help me reach my goal of 500 reviews. So I appreciate you being here. Thanks for making me a part of your week, and I hope that you gained some truths for your 20s.